0: Welcome to Prepare to Care, the ARP podcast with resources and tools to support the millions of family caregivers who provide unpaid care to their loved ones. I'm Marie Pierre, your host for this podcast. So we've talked on this podcast before about the different resources available for people with Alzheimer or dementia and the unique caregiving struggles that they present. But how can you tell when someone is getting to the point where they need help? Because the brain is complex, it works in mysterious ways and science is only starting to understand all of this. So how can you easily track your own brain health? So today we've invited neuroscientist Dr. Yael Katz and her colleague Jordan Weinstein um, to talk to us about the brain. um, How it works, how we can keep it healthy and how we can tell if something isn't working properly before it's too late or early enough to work on this. So um, Dr. Katz is working on an app that she's been developing and that app is called Brain Check, Um, And it's taking some lessons learned from all things, football players and concussions. Um, And all of this is helping people track cognitive health as they age. So if you thought football didn't have something to teach you about aging and brain health, I'm encouraging you to think again. Coming up on prepare to care. Um, Jordan Yael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, so um, yeah, can I call you Yael? Of course, please. Okay, so Yael, you are a neuroscientist. What is that? What does a neuroscientist does? That
1: is an excellent question. Okay. So we understand the brain and how it works. And there are many different types of neuroscientists and we can study the brain at many different levels. So some of us study the brain at the highest level, the macro level with different types of imaging. Some of us study the cells that make up the brain, the neurons and the different molecules that Go from neuron to neuron and help everything work. Uh, and some of us study how the brain works functionally. Okay. So, in terms of how you're performing in day to day, are you able to make lists, to make plans, to pay your bills, to show up to appointments on time, uh, that
0: sort of thing? So, you developed an app. It's called Brain Check. Um, tell us a little bit like, how this, did this come about? Where did the idea come from? What does the app do? Yeah,
1: thanks for that question. So that our our app BrainCheck has its roots uh, in the laboratory of Dr. David Eagleman at Baylor College of Medicine. So David is a cognitive neuroscience scientist, and he has been uh, developing the underpinnings of BrainCheck for many years. And I joined him. Uh, three years ago, I'm a data scientist and neuroscientist, and we joined forces to uh, turn some of these cognitive tests into a product that people could use to track their own brain health and to have at their fingertips to get a readout of how their brain is performing.
0: So the idea is, I'm a little worried, like me, I'm a little Mm -hmm. worried, (laughs) I'm getting middle-aged, squarely middle-aged, right? And I'm a little worried things might be slipping, so I would go onto this app and literally take like a test?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So these are specific tasks that are developed to probe different functional areas. So uh, we have about uh, seven assessments in our brain check battery, and each one assesses a different cognitive domain. So for example, uh, different types of memory, uh, cognitive processing, visual processing, task switching, so the ability to kind of multitask, um, executive function, so how well can you ignore all the distractions that are going on around you and pay attention only to what you need to pay attention to. So we have a bunch of these different uh, little, they're almost like games, Uh, they're very specific tasks and each one is designed to probe a specific cognitive domain. Wow. Yeah, What's great about
2: the application is that the tests have been around for a long time, the tests that we've used, and, and what the application does is really uh, packages those in a way that is fun for people to use, but more importantly, gives them a way to track results easily over time. Um, anyone could could be have been taking these tests um, since they've been around for years, but it's difficult to tell small differences in results without an automated way of, of doing that. And so the app uh, provides uh, a lot of that function.
0: So is it that... Um... When you deal with the brain, right, particularly, I mean, we've learned that in in previous podcasts with dementia and Alzheimer, things kind of change over a period of time. So I'm guessing the idea is the app gets like a baseline and then you would encourage people to take the test again and again. That's exactly right.
1: And what's great about it is you're able to determine, you know, when, you know, when are things starting to slip? And it's kind of, as you said at the beginning, you know, when when do things kind of cross the line from normal forgetfulness into an actual problem? And the other, the other thing about it is that Alzheimer's and dementia, it doesn't manifest in the same way in all people. Mm-hmm. And so by being able to track a wide variety of cognitive domains, we're really able to see, you know, where are, uh, where our challenges and where a person can then take that information. And especially for, this is important, I think for caregivers to be able to map that onto how to help, patients with activities of daily living so for example if you see that a patient has uh, an issue with uh, memory but not with cognition right then maybe they can't I don't know leave the house on their own because they can wander but we don't need to worry you know that they're going to you know Cook and light a fire, or something like that. I get it. Uh, and and on, on the other side, right? If a person has cognitive issues but not memory issues, then we might be able to um, to help them uh, supplement, you know, their activities and help them with their functioning in different ways. So by tracking people in each domain separately, that information is really, really valuable in terms of um, caregiving and also just um, coming up with a, a regimen to help people
0: function. Wow. So if I went in and I took this test today, right, I'm guessing the app will keep track of my results. And then, like, how often people take this test? Like, would they need to worry, like, oh, I had a bad day, maybe I should take the test? Or is this something people do every two months, three months?
2: People can take it as often as they want. Um, And we do find that people tend to, many people enjoy taking it. Um, And so, but typically for people um, who are worried about uh, the early stages of dementia we recommend monthly is a good frequency to take it um, and that's long enough that you can potentially see changes um, but short enough that it's it's not you're not you know it's not like you're taking it daily or weekly um, where you'll have so many fluctuations just based on the conditions of that day but when people sometimes people will take it and feel like hey you know we're distracted or didn't do well there's no reason not to take it again if they if they choose to okay,
0: okay. Uh, no is this a test that you can cheat a little like oh I've learned this I kind of know the answer is it always yeah. the same test no, no, no.
1: yeah so all the questions are randomized oh I, no yeah, okay is, yeah
2: yeah you yeah. can't really study for it, it you it's can't the study same it. assessments but right. the, the exact questions change so for example we might ask you to remember uh, a series of 10 words you'll be asked to remember words every time but the words will be different so okay. you, you know that you're gonna have to do that but you can't so you remember can't the words. can't game the system time.
0: here no. yeah okay
1: yeah we've baked in some special tricks to determine when someone's trying to game it so.
0: um okay so this is an app this is an app that you do on the phone on a tablet like anywhere Where, an app can be yeah, used right that's exactly right yeah and on the phone
1: we recommend that um, people who use a phone in their daily life, like use a phone to send emails or to, you know, text and so forth, you know, then you can take brain check on uh, the phone. But if you don't ever use a phone, probably you want to have a bigger screen like an iPad or just a, use a browser.
0: Is this, uh, was it designed, what, what do you think? Is it designed for for people who've, who've actually used, you know, some form of of smartphone or tablet or computer before? Like, you know, if if Guanma has never mm. used a tablet in, yeah. in Hollywood, life can I sit next to her and kind of navigate her through the test would she would she be able to do that
1: so almost everybody has been able to do uh, to do really well so we've done a lot of work with the YMCA we've done you know testing over there we worked with neighborhood centers uh, we've worked with um, uh, several senior homes as well uh, here in Houston and elsewhere and we find that almost everybody is able to do just fine on the iPad. Uh, if you set it up for them, you know, to turn it on right. and so forth. Um, every once in a while, people get intimidated, but it's really the exception rather than the norm.
2: It's a good question, though, because some people, to the extent, the extent to which they're just not comfortable with the technology, they might need more assistance from a caregiver, uh, especially around things just like logging in and getting the test set up. Right. But once it's running it has instructions, each test has a practice phase so that people can get comfortable with it. But it does help, especially uh, for people who are less comfortable with the technology, if there's a caregiver to sort of guide them through and get them and kind of oriented, and then they can go through the through the test on their own.
0: So, what are the ages of your like oldest patients you've taken it? Like people in the uh, 80s, people 90s, in their
1: late 90s. I actually yep. just that's tested cool. my grandfather, who is turning 95.
0: Oh my god! Did he do well? Well, don't tell me! <laughs> don't tell me! So, uh, so that's fine. So, there's something interested in this. It's like it originated with the idea of like you use some of the methodology that was used to gauge concussions for football players.
1: Yeah so so at their core the tests measure cognitive performance and were these are tests that have, are well established they've been used by neurologists and neuropsychologists for decades and we've taken them and we've adapted them to uh, to digital technology so to you know either a, a device or to a PC and the source of uh, cognitive Uh, Impairment or cognitive health, we're kind of agnostic to that. So if a person, you know, has trouble with the test because they've had a concussion or because they have dementia, you know, we don't necessarily, we don't measure that. We measure how, it's an objective measure of how well a person is performing cognitively. So so there are some tests that are very well suited to looking at the deficits that commonly happen when there's a concussion. So when there's a concussion, there are very specific uh, changes that often happen. And when there's dementia, there's other changes that happen. Got it. So we would recommend a different set of tests uh, for different populations, for young people or older people and so on, um, but at its core, we're measuring cognitive performance. No,
0: no matter what. No
1: matter what, exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, they, yeah, go ahead. Oh, so uh, another thing to kind of point out is a lot of times uh, for caregivers, uh, when you're uh, caring for somebody who is um, who's elderly, many people are on uh, different medications or they might have different chronic diseases for- and things like that, and many of uh, many of those in and of themselves can cause cognitive changes. And so uh, being able to assess a person uh, cognitively is, is really very important when they're on uh, these different medication regimens. So first off, uh, you can tell if there's a change in brain health when somebody starts a, a, new, a new drug or comes off a new drug or um, something like that. Oftentimes, uh, medications interact in unknown ways. And so to be able to measure a person cognitively is really a core part of, of caring for them well. Also, I think if you know that somebody is uh, cognitively impaired, they may not be able to follow a complex care plan. So being aware of their cognitive state uh, can really help you um, talk to to your patient and uh, give them guidance, uh, give them the appropriate level of kind of complexity and help with adhering to their uh, medication regimen and care regimen.
0: I, I think you you bring a very good point. I think there was an article uh, in the paper just this week that talked about certain medication that's been given to seniors and how it can create all kinds of problems, but yeah. it's heavily marketed. So what a caregiver could do if they have this app is, okay, well... Grandpa, here's your monthly test, right? Mm-hmm. And suddenly we know we added this medication and right. things are just slipping a little bit. It could be dementia, but then you could go to your doctor and say, hey, look at my my app here, In I think maybe it's the medication, yeah. which is yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. two Jordan. aspects
2: of that that, that that tend to cause problems. One is the concept of isolating the specific types of cognition that are challenged. So, you know, we have this concept of, of cognitive domains Uh, We didn't invent that, but those those are reflected in in the work that we do and in the application. So, you know, executive function or task switching are different from memory, uh, whether it's short-term memory or long-term memory. And when you get into medications, there's different ways that the brain can be affected. And it's really important to be able to identify more so than just something is slipping, but well, what exactly, which aspects of, of cognitive function are are at issue.
0: Oh, so with this app, you can literally go to the doctor and you say, okay, the I guess my test was this much on, or, or I did this well sure. at that point, or grandpa did this well at that point, and now yeah. the executive function That's is right. slipping, so then that can start that, a discussion. It allows you to
2: focus on that area. Okay. The, the other thing that is is really important is to have some sort of objective, essentially third-party measure of performance over time. Everyone knows that they can be sensitive to their own um, kind of, you know, cognitive level or performance. Um, and so people, when they're judging themselves um, or even when, you know, a loved one is, is judging kind of their condition, it can be difficult emotionally um, to, to sort of have a sort of an honest view of that um, because of obvious biases that, that everyone has about themselves and about others that they love. And so having an objective measure really provides the distance that you need to, to be able to, to make critical um, views and, and decisions and about uh, your cognitive function.
0: You, you bring a very good point. I mean, for me, as far as I'm concerned, it's like, oh, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm just fine, all right? Everything is fine. I'm not going to do this. So so here's the thing. There's something a little scary there, right? Because in this app, okay, mm-hmm. you take this test, maybe you ace it, right? Mm-hmm. But then you take it again, and then you're worried. You know, mm-hmm. what, if, what if I'm slipping? Yeah. What if I see, you know, God forbid, a slow decline right. in something? So is it better to, like, not know at all? Or, you know, g- give, me, give me some argument as to why we should know.
1: Yeah, so it's funny. What we find is that almost everybody wants to know. Um, I, I'm actually surprised by the fraction of people that, that do want to know. And it's so important just to be able to plan. Uh, so just having the information will enable you to get the best care? How much help do I need? How many, how much, to what extent do we need to, you know, check up on, on, on the patient, on your family member, your loved one, um, to what, you know, how, uh, if considering moving into senior, you know, senior housing, when should we move in, where should we move in? Um, there's just so many, so many, um, Benefits to being able to have information and to plan. I think also, in ter- if pharmaceutical, you know, for pharmaceutical options, uh, you're only eligible really for 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 the drugs that exist when you're pretty early on and catch it early. So it's important from that standpoint. And then also, um, so much of this is actionable, right? So if somebody sees that they have cognitive decline, you know, don't assume the worst. That it's you know. Alzheimer's, I mean, it, it may be, but there's, it also may not be, and you may be able to do something about it, um, especially if it's, you know, driven by a medication or one of the reversible forms of dementia. Uh, uh,
2: yeah, go ahead, I would also highlight, again, the difference between feeling like there's a, a general feeling of decline and knowing more about the specific cognitive area that, that's, um, that's impacted and understanding how that affects your activities of daily living. And that's been really where a lot of the, the discussion in this area has, has been is is the better you can understand which aspects of cognitive function are impacted, the more you can determine how that um, might impact your, your everyday life and how you can, you know, take action, whether that's in a medical sense or more in just a functional, you know, day-to-day sense.
0: You know, I, I can think of that when my, my mother-in-law was hospitalized. At some point, we suspected that she could no longer read. mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and we gave her also this very tiny test with us where we asked her to add like five plus mm-hmm. three and sure. so on, and she could no longer do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a test, you know, like brain check might have been helpful because I think that was for us in a very simple way an indication that yeah, uh, things were heading in a direction that for us was very unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little more, like where do people get this app? Is it like on on App Store? I mean. Anywhere you can get the app, right, or?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's on our website, which is uh, braincheck.com, and it's also on the App Store as well.
2: Yeah, so you can get it on the App Store for any iOS device. Okay. Um,
0: So um, I'm guessing most apps have a free version, right, generally? So there must be a free version. Is there a paid version?
2: There's both that are available from the website. Um, Yep. But we also have a special offer for your listeners where um, there'll be a link available and you can use that link to access the the full version uh, for free uh, for listeners of the podcast.
0: Well, thank you. That is incredibly generous. So AARP listeners, um, if you are listening to this or if you know that someone needs this, um, today we've spoken with Yael Katz. She's a neuroscientist and creator of the BrainCheck app, and we've spoken with her colleague, Jordan Weinstein, um, and they've developed this incredible app called BrainCheck, and they're making it available to our listeners. So if you want to check out the app, go to www.braincheck.com. Um, and by the way, there's also, a, a, if you're an AARP member, uh, you might consider visiting our Staying Sharp website. Now, Um, This is not an app to measure your your brain function, but it is an app to help you stay sharp by playing free games and learning more about creative and stimulating activities to stay sharp and healthy. So, Yael, Jordan, thank you so much for coming today. Thanks, Thank you for having us. So, as always, if you thought this podcast was helpful, or if you have friends or family who are new to caregiving, Invite them to follow the Prepare to Care podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud or at www.aarp.org slash That's Houston PTC. Uh, and visit our website. Uh, take the Prepare to Cast podcast survey. Uh, we would love to know what you want to hear about so that we can improve on our future episodes tell everybody about the podcast. And as always, thanks for listening. And thanks for caring.